Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And in this episode, we're going to talk about, to somebody about the Giants' present and past. He kind of knows about both. And I'm talking about recent past. Yeah, who was drafted by the Giants, left, and now is back with the organization as a quarterback. That should uh, narrow it down. I believe you probably know who that is. But we'll, we'll talk to him in a few minutes. Before that, I'm talking about some of the things we've seen so far at OTAs that have kind of caught my eye. And we'll start with the quarterbacks because you look at Daniel Jones and we all know the deal. The turnovers, that's been a problem throughout his career. He's admitted that he he could do some things his rookie year. Everyone, there was plenty to be optimistic about. Even I, who am one of the biggest, have been one of the biggest Daniel Jones supporters. And I was sort of driving the train last year, especially entering last year. Even now, I'm sitting there hanging by one finger off the boat. Like I'm hanging on the boat. I'm in the water. And I have one finger on the Daniel Jones wagon. I mean, it's hard right now, three years into his career, to be fully on board and say, this is the guy, right? That's why the Giants, they couldn't pick up that fifth-year option. He just hasn't shown enough yet. He just hasn't shown enough for anyone, I believe, to fully believe, think and be confident that he's their quarterback. He should be their quarterback moving forward into the future. That's our future franchise quarterback. Build a team around. You can win Super Bowls around. We need to see it. But you sit out there and you look at practice, and it's a reminder. I saw him stick a throw in yesterday. He probably, so he's on the, he rolls out a little bit to the right hash. There's going to be a lot of movement. They're going to move these quarterbacks around a lot because that's, and, and really that's part of Daniel Jones' skill set is he is mobile. Now I'm interested, interested to see because he's never been a guy who, who threw a lot and threw well specifically on the run and did a lot of his damage that way. But he moved around. He had, they had him moving a little bit. So he's, he's rolling out kind of towards the right hash. Stops plants, fires a bullet, probably to the, you know, seven, 10 yards downfield to the left hash. You're like, woof, between defenders. You're like, that's a good throw. You get the ball downfield really good. You see, you see this throughout practice. I've been seeing this, those two OTAs that we've seen so far. And you're like, okay, yeah. Like that's starting. Those are starting quarterback throws. Tyra Taylor throws a good ball, makes some plays in practice. But to be honest with you, he can't make some of these plays and throws that you see Daniel Jones make. So the talent. It's kind of been showing a little bit in practice in OTAs. Saquon, too, looks really good to me. Looks really explosive. Granted, no pads, you know, no full pads. They're basically running around in shorts and shells with their helmet on and, you know, no real contact. But you take what you can get at this point. That's what we're judging it off of. Saquon looks explosive for the first time in a while. Now, we'll see when he gets in there. There's contact, what it's like. Another thing I wanted to bring up and that I saw at OTAs. So Andrew Thomas is coming off another ankle surgery. I believe it's the second season, off season in a row. Dealt with ankle injuries both years. This has me a little bit concerned. Not going to lie. A little bit. Now, they're not worried about him being back for training camp. He's already on the field. He's already doing stuff. That, that's true. So that's reason to be optimistic. But the fact that it's bigger guys when it's their feet and there's recurring stuff that just keeps happening. And I saw him run. You know, they were running a drill, basically just, I believe, installing or learning plays or going over plays. And you saw him, you know, jog somewhere. I mean, he was limping. He's still limping. So he's on the field the following year, and he's still limping. And he had surgery in the offseason. And he had ankle problems the year before. So it's definitely something I'm going to keep an eye on. 
Not overly concerned, not crazy concerned, but keep an eye on. And in the meantime, we saw third-round pick Josh Azudu take some snaps at left tackle, which I thought was very interesting because the Giants have said Zudu's going to start a guard. You know, like start meaning like that's his initial primary position. So he's going to be at right guard, and he's going to have a chance to compete for that starting spot, which right now is uh, – oh, I'm sorry, left guard. Right guard is Mark Lewinsky. Left guard. But no, he was at left tackle last Thursday, which I found pretty interesting. Now, the Giants t- did talk about him having that uh, flex flex potential. And there has been games where he's played both and that kind of stuff. But still, caught my eye. Pretty interesting. All right, let's get to the interview now. On to the next one. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. All right, we have Giants quarterback Davis Webb with us here. Uh, Obviously, if you follow the Giants, you know Davis Webb. Been through a lot over these years, Davis, but but welcome back. Now now returning to the Giants, I had a, a, a year with the Jets and then three with... Almost three full, right? With Buffalo, is, is that? Three full seasons, yeah. 19, 20, 21. 19, 20, and now you're back with the Giants. Did you did you ever think that you'd end up back here as a player? Um, I didn't know as a player. My mom had a feeling that I would be back there one day coaching, so she kept all my old uh, Giants apparel. Um, really? Hats, why? Clothes. Wait, why, why I, did she think? She, just, she just had a feeling, um, as did I. Um, I, we just loved it there. Um, and you know, I know I want to be a coach when I'm done. And so I, I thought, and she did have the same feeling that there was just, um, something in our heart, something in our mind that we would probably end up there eventually. And, um, it happened. So she sent me up all my old stuff, uh, I think two weeks ago. And, um, there's some, some pretty cool shirts, pretty cool jackets that some uh, teammates are very jealous of. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's vintage, you know, you have like that uh, snow white starter uh, jacket. Yep. I have that one. I have a couple of red ones that are hard to find. So I think, um, yeah, my locker, um, is full of, uh, you know, 17, 18 giants clothes. And then, uh, now I got the new stuff. Random giants gear. Yeah. I'm sure guys like that. <laughs> it's a real vintage. Like you come into that locker room, how strange is it? It, it, it? There is like, who's left from when you were there? Um, yeah, I mean, Sterling Shep, Shepard, uh, Sterling Nick, is Nick, Nick Gates? Gates, Saquon. Um, you know, I think that's kind of where the story ends. Man, that's just wild. You're yeah. talking about you're talking about four years ago and three guys. Yeah, three guys. Yeah, we're talking yeah, players. But, Obviously, there's people in the building. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Which so, has been fun too, coming back and seeing all you know the cafeteria uh, people, the equipment staff, training staff, a uh, couple front office people. So that 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 Damaris and obviously the Tishes. I mean that's that's been fun. Kevin Abrams, um, just seeing old friends, um, still working at it. Love the Giants, and um, you know it's a special place. 
So what's changed now? You walk in that building. You, you obviously we talked about players. Obviously, there's just mm-hmm. you know there's not this. You're not the same guys. It's not the same team. There's not the same coaches. But what's what's changed about the Giants organization in your mind? Like what sticks out? Yeah, I think obviously um, you know coming in here with with Dave's and Joe, um, you know you you can you can see the similarities of um, maybe some of the things we did in Buffalo, um, and you can. I've been with Dave's um, so close over the last three years. You can kind of see the similarities and things he's picked up on from places he's been and uh, both positive and negative things that he's liked, he's disliked and kind of um, only do the things he likes and kind of adjust the things he didn't like to um, where it makes sense in the NFL world and makes sense in um, East Rutherford and um, for the franchise of the New York Giants. I mean, it's a top you have, tier. You have an example of, of one of those kind of that? that, I, that yeah, I think, I think everybody has their own little um, sayings, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to coaching staff and culture building and, and what, what you want to do. I mean, you, you hear Dave's talk about it all the time. You want to be smart, tough, and dependable. And those are the type of players that we try to find um, and develop um, going on the Giants trail. Um, you'll hear him talk about that. I mean, I yeah, just, he, we've heard it already. Yeah. Heard it. So, I think he, I think he's doing a good job with Joe and um, bringing in guys that um, are trying to um, steer the ship in the right direction. And I think the players are really bought in. I think we've had six good OTA practices. They're really good players here. And, um, you know, being around Daniel and Tyrod, probably the most of everyone, um, you can kind of hear um, stories from Tyrod's past, different places, or Daniel, who's been here um, since I think 2019, could be wrong. Um, uh, this is year four, so yeah, 2019, 2021, 20, this yeah. is 22, 19. This is year one, so yeah. I kind of hear him uh, talk about you know the Pat Shermer era because I was with here with Pat to um, you know, the last couple of years with Joe Judge. I mean, you can kind of hear the differences, um, and the things that he's grown through over the last few years, and um, you know, it's 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 been exciting just to kind of see um, a different face, um, different voice. And, and Dave's being in the head coaching role. So I think he's been crushing it. And, um, yeah, I think Giants fans should be excited about his tenure. You were you were adamant. I talked to you, you know, after he was hired, that, that he's the real deal, mm-hmm. right? And you, you think he's legit, you know, just a great guy and as end coach. What is it that stands out to you in that regard that makes you think that he's going to be that this that he's going to help turn this organization around. This organization is going to be better offensively and is going to be good. I think number one is he wants it. You know, he's wanted to be an NFL head coach uh, for a while now. I, I don't remember how long he's been in the NFL. It's 19 or 20 plus years. It's around that area code. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's jumped about this. He wants this. And, um, you know, he, when this job came open, you know, I remember him saying, this is the one I want. And, um, you know, he got it. So it's a credit to him. You know, I know he's interviewed for jobs over the last few years and um, he's gotten close. Um, but I think uh, if you ask him, I think uh, being close is well worth it if you could be the head coach of the New York football giants. So he's fired up. Um, you know, he, he's taking control. He's loose. He's himself. He's not trying to be someone um, that he's coached under, I would say. You know, obviously, not, not, notable names are Nick Saban, Sean McDermott, um, Bill Belichick. Um, he's been around some really good coaches and really good players. He's not trying to do that. He's trying to be himself, man. Um, you know, when you have a guy who's in that role, if he's trying to be something he's not, it's not going to work. And he has not done that. So he's been, he's been Dave's, you know, that's, that's what you call him. You know, it's not coach Dave all, it's just Dave's. And I don't know. I can't um, get, I can't get there. I know. I can't, yeah, I don't know. Me. 
It took me about I 10 weeks there during yet the season to be like, to yo, there. what's up, Dave's? Just, yeah. I don't know. That's just who he is. You know, he's going to be wearing J's. You know, he's going to talk about golf. He's going to talk about um, cigars. He's talking about football. You know, he's um, he's got good range. You know, he can, um, you know, meet and talk with, you know, any individual, whether that be a player or a staff member or um, a worker in the city or a worker in New Jersey. I mean, he's he's very relatable and um, he's got a great past. And he's got great stories and um, he's, he's the best offensive probably coach I've been around and I would like to continue to learn from him. Is this a skinnier version of him? There, there is something out there that says that he, somebody said he lost close to 30, 40 pounds. Oh, I think it's 50, 60. Um, For real? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he, he, uh, it surprised he, me to hear that. But yeah. He, um, you know, he, he took the off season, um, just like he, a uh, couple guys have, um, in the building and, uh to lose some weight and uh he's absolutely crushed it yeah he uh he looks great wow look at that dave's working hard to work it working like uh like he's a player out there yeah, absolutely absolutely <laughs> so take me through okay the whole process of how you landed back with the giants there was some talk about you going into the coaching business uh and then you know you're at buffalo your your contract expires right so it gives mm -hmm. you an opportunity to be available to a futures contract in whatever it was early January ish when, when, or right. That's when it was, I believe. Yeah. Uh, late, late, January, fe late, late January, yeah, maybe early, early February, February, even. Yeah. Yep, yep, right yep. after the playoffs. So obviously that playoff loss was, was, uh, was disappointing, you know, 13 seconds. I think we'll live on in you know, our minds forever when it comes to people that were are from Buffalo or Buffalo fans or part of the team. So, I mean, that was, uh, you know, a tough way to go. Cause you know, our, our best player, um, played pretty good and uh, we come up short. Yeah, that was tough. Pretty good. It's um, an understatement there for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a special one. So you know that was obviously tough. And then we had a decision to make. You know, um, I knew Dave's would have opportunities to to leave um, because there was I think there were six head coaching openings um, at the time, and I figured he'd probably get one of those. You know, he mm -hmm. deserved it. And um, you know, so I was just kind of buying some time, kind of waiting to see what would happen, just try to make a, a clear decision because this is kind of the first time I could actually, um, you know, decide where I wanted to play. It wasn't like, um, you know, you get cut from the Giants and the Jets call and um, you have a couple options, but it's really that's the best one. Or you, you, you get cut then the Jets and then Buffalo calls the next day and, you know, that's probably the best option. So right here, kind of sit back and. Um, but you're not going anywhere that you don't know anyone. You're either staying in Buffalo or you're going with uh, probably with Dave's and them um, or you're thinking about coaching. So whenever I uh, talked to Brandon and Sean about it, you know, we kind of left that conversation. Um, I would say uh, probably lean towards coaching in Buffalo, you know, whether mm -hmm. it, would, it would have been the quarterback coaching job, you know, I'd have to interview and go through the whole process, but that's kind of, where we were leaning towards was I was planning to transition into that. And I, they, they offered though, that I could still play. So, I mean, it was kind of, you can be in Buffalo in one of these two roles, you know, we want you here. We want you to be here. You do a lot for um, us and Josh and um, Steph Diggs and Dawson and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, all those guys that were there um, trying to kind of the role of a player coach almost. Um and then Dave's got the job and it kind of moved quickly. I had to make a decision. And, um, you know, I wanted to continue to learn with Dave's and um, build that relationship with Shay and Bobby Johnson and 
and Joe, you know, Joe was a big proponent of me getting to Buffalo from the Jets, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that meant a lot to me. Um, felt wanted and, um, you know, trusted those guys. And I wanted to be a part of uh, back to the place where it all started. I got drafted here. Right. my favorite team. And then it always will be because that's where I was drafted. So, um, you know, once they cleaned house in New Jersey, they came in. It was, it was a no-brainer in my opinion. So obviously, Dave's and, and Joe. I did call, I just call him Dave's right there. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Dave's yeah, and Joe are there, right? But how much? And and that plays a factor in you wanting to come here as a player. But how much did the fact? I mean, I'm I'm looking at your stats, right? There's no passes on your on your stat sheet uh-uh. in the yeah. NFL. How much does that sit there with you? And is there sort of unfinished business? And is how much did that drive you to wanting to still be a player at this point? Yeah, I think, um, you know, talking with my girlfriend about it, it, it was more of like, you, you've done so much, I would say, in the six years I've been in the NFL. Um, but there's still, you know, an opportunity maybe down the road that you want to put yourself in position to be on a 53-man roster, you know, be a player a couple plays away and have a chance to, you know, play an NFL game and, um, you know, that's a dream of mine and I would like to accomplish that. Um, so yeah, I think, um, just knowing that there's two contracts out there to, to keep playing, um, both in Buffalo and the giants. And, you know, I didn't really, if I said no to both of them, it would have been interesting, but there's no way. I mean, those are the two places I love. I love the people. And, um, but yeah, when you have two contracts to keep playing and you say no to that, the coach, when coaching is going to be there the rest of your life, mm-hmm. that's to me, that's a decision that is self-explanatory. I mean, like you want to play this game as long as you can. Yeah. It would have been a pretty neat and cool opportunity um, and a good start um, in the next phase of my life, but I wasn't ready for that phase. Um, neither is me. I'm throwing it the best. I, I think I have in my life. I'm moving pretty good athletically and um, it's not like you're old. System that I you're love. not, you know, exactly. you're not old, man. No, I'm 27. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> I died I'm still 20. in the 20s. I'd be 20. Yeah, I'd be exactly. killed in my 20s, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, why, you know, why start coaching when you have two contracts to, to keep going? So, there's guys that want to be in your shoes. And uh, for me, just to kind of give up on that didn't seem right. And uh, I'm glad I made the decision. Well, how tough was last year? And this isn't a knock on Jake Fromm, right? But you're sitting there. You're a bit, you're ahead of him on the depth chart and you're waiting for your opportunity, right? You've been waiting for your opportunity for years now. And just the way it turned out because his availability and everything, he ended up coming to the giants and they had another injury. He ends up playing and you're sitting there and you're like, man, does it, does that bot, did that stick with you? Like, man, how come I can't get my opportunity here? Like what, what's like yeah, what's going, think, what's going on here yeah i think it's human nature to think that i you know when you sit behind you know eli manning or sam darnold josh allen and you know it's tough to get opportunities when you have you know top five top seven picks in front of you and who are right. really good players um and obviously you don't want to wish anything negative upon that but that's just kind of the situation i've been in um being around so many great players uh, quarterback wise and um you know you you, you see a teammate of yours who I like Jake, you know, Jake was my teammate for a year and a half and um, go to the place where you get drafted, you know, you're supposed to play there. It doesn't really work out. Uh, we all know that story. Um, 
And he's and, going there um, as a backup, mind you. Like, there's an emergency. They just ride a quarterbacks, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it, it <laughs> but was then Glennon gets a concussion, things go yeah, poor. And... Yeah, yeah. I watched the whole game um, and then the other game. Um, so I was just watching it kind of as watching Jake, you know, again, he's got his opportunity to play and that's cool. I mean, I've been waiting a while for that and he got his and, um, he did some good things. And I think, um, you know, it was just kind of interesting to see, but I mean, at the same time, I was really, really happy where I was, you know, I loved my teammates in Buffalo. I loved working with Josh and, and Mitch Trubisky and Ken Dorsey and Daves and Shea last year. And, um, you know, I, I love Buffalo. I love the city. I love um, the people. I love the fan base. I mean, it was it was good to be a part of that. I mean, I when you win three games your first year and four your second, then you win 10, um, 12 or 13, whatever it was, and then you go to the playoffs again. It's kind of it's kind of fun to be a part of that and being a part of that winning culture and see all the positives um, that you've learned and grown from. So, I mean, I'm not complaining at all, uh, but it was, you know, I mean, the thoughts were definitely there. We're like, oh, you know, totally when, when is that opportunity going to gonna come? Yeah, so I, I get that. Um, but I'm very, very happy that I got to experience three playoff years um, here in Buffalo, something that has not happened here in a very long time. That's like one of those things where it's the, uh, you know, the, the the saying, life's not fair, you know, like. You know, it, it just happened. It just happened to work out the way, but it just un- unfair to you, in my opinion. I was thinking about that also as everything was unfolding. Like, how did this happen that he never got to throw a pass, and then you know these other guys are end up end up in these games? It's just one of those one yeah, of those I mean, things, an anomaly of like how the situations yeah. played out. Yeah, it could definitely be a whole lot worse. So, I mean, I, True. I I'm <laughs> proud of everything I've been able to do. Uh, whether that probably showing the stat sheet. I mean, I got some negative rushing yards you left out. A I did. Days. I did. I have it written down. You have two rushes for negative Neg- three yards. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to, you at some point, if you do get in, you got to at least get some four yards, three or four Absolutely. yards. Absolutely. So you're not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think, that's a bogus um, stat, by the way. So you absolutely. Yield on, on the ball. Yes. Yes. That's it a bogus stat. I don't jets. understand how that, yeah. should be neg- that should not be negative rushing yards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we won the game. We needed that one. Um, Josh played outstanding. It was at MetLife, so it was, uh, it was, um, you know, it was cool to get out there and hang out with your teammates, call a couple plays in the huddle, hand it off a few times, and take a couple of knees. I mean, that was, that was the, the highlight of my career, in my opinion. So I got to go out there and, you know, play my NFL Sunday. So I mean, but if you get back others, in there again, this is going to be like no uh, Varsity doubt. Blues. You know, if, if you get back in there again, it's got to be like Varsity Blues where they say run and you, you get in the huddle and you're like, no, 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 I'm throwing a pass here. Yeah, oh, no, exactly. We're calling, we're calling exactly. it an audible, you know? Well, I was, I was going to get in there a little earlier, but we had a couple penalties go down and, um, and <laughs> you know, I get, it was just bad luck. It was uh, – so it, if I was – if I got in there probably five minutes earlier, if the penalty didn't give them a first down, they drove it down, it, it would have – They've been a little different, but that's 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 how football goes sometimes. And uh, you know, it, it, I'm just glad we freaking won the game. To be honest with you, we needed that one. We lost a couple in a row. We needed to win that one. You mentioned before, you know, you sat there and you watched you know, the Giants late in the season. The offense was hard to watch, and there's no really, there's really no way around it. Dave's brings in his own offense, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's coming. You guys are coming here. I'm curious because you've seen it in its previous iteration in Buffalo firsthand. And now you've seen what you're kind of becoming here. Now you don't know 
ultimately what it's going to finally look like when, when all said and done is I'm mean, going to make tweaks up and, you know, throughout the season up, at the, up until, you know, game time on day on game days. But how, what are your thoughts on how similar the offense is going to look to what you guys were running in Buffalo? Yeah, I think it's a combination of what we were doing in Buffalo and obviously what Mike Kafka has brought in Kansas City. Um, you know, when you're watching the tape, you get to watch, you know, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, both ex-teammates of mine. Um, so and, you do you my, do watch a bunch of Pat Mahomes. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, you're watching two of the best quarterbacks in the league do it. And, you know, you get the opportunity to run similar plays. And we might call it different. Uh, we might tweak some things. But, you know, the, the meat of it's there. And you kind of get to see – um, just their ways, you know, I've talked to, I've FaceTimed Pat a couple of times, asked him some opinions and, um, with Daniel sitting next to me, just entire rod, just trying to, you know, get some insight on some plays. And for those that um, don't know, that's your college teammate. Yeah. Texas, Texas Tech, Tech, Tech. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For two years. So we've, we've had a good relationship, um, you know, since I hosted him, I guess when he was in high school. So I think, um, you know, just have an opportunity to talk with him and, and uh, kind of get in his mind a little bit about his stuff and the things we brought over um, with Mike. I think um, they've done both a really good job. You know, obviously having Kadarius and uh, Kenny and Shep, um, you know, injured a little bit right now, but they're coming back and they're getting healthy. So I think the offense is going to look different, just like you said, week to week. And um, but I think Daniel's doing a really good job, and I think that's that that's that's how the offense goes. You only go as far as your quarterback and your offensive line, and. Um, I think uh, both of those areas are doing a really good job so far. So you mentioned Daniel. He, you know, he played with Eli. He was a teammate of Eli. You also were a te- teammate with Eli. Uh, what's that relationship like these days? Now that you're back here, have you have you heard from him? Uh, and, yeah. And, um, yeah when I, when I signed here, Eli was uh, came over. We had lunch in the building. Um, you know, and Daniel was in there too. So I mean, it was kind of cool to. Um, you know, eat all together and talk about old memories and old stories. And um, I've seen Eli in the facility, I would say, five times since then. Um, he comes around a little bit. Um, I'm with Daniel most of the day, um, Monday through Thursday. So that's been that's been fun. Um, it, it's it's kind of funny and kind of crazy to see the similarities between the two. Um, and you can kind of see some differences. So I think, um, you know, Daniel's a competitive, competitive dude that's super smart, just probably the smartest quarterback I've been around. Um, you know, he, he has a high, high, high ceiling. I think, um, I think Dave's and Shay are going to help him and Mike going to help him reach it. Where you bring up the old memories and stories sharing, which makes me think immediately of the Eli benching, the starting Gino, that whole thing. Everybody wanted you to play. <laughs> we're, we're what five, that was 2017. Mm-hmm. We're basically five years removed from that at this point. Uh, what do you, what's your recollection of that at this point? What do you think when you think back on that whole situation five <laughs> years crazy. later? Because that was a crazy situation. I remember, yeah. I remember when somebody told me, and it was before it got out, and they're like, yo, yo they're benching Eli Geno starting. And I didn't believe it. And I, I you know, I, w- I was like, nah, that just doesn't sound right. It would be, I would just expect Davis to be the one to start at this point in the season. So <laughs> it just, it was just such a crazy situation. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was a crazy year. I mean, we, we got off to an 0-6 start and kind of finished, you know, not so good. Everybody got fired over there after the, the Vegas game. I mean, That I, was I the craziest keep, season yeah, I've been a part was, of, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was. And that was my first <laughs> one. So, 
um, you know, just everything it, to it. There was a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, there was oh, like yeah. five or six incidents. There was a lot. Yeah, of there was a lot of there was a lot of stories that could be written about the about that time and that year. I mean, I, I still keep in touch with uh, Coach McAdoo. You know, I I um, have a lot of respect for him as a coach. And um, you know, I always say was, he got one of the rawest deals ever from that whole thing because, in retrospect, what he was doing was the right thing and. He got branded an idiot from it. You guys were good the previous year, and his, his second year head coach. All of a sudden, he got branded this, you know, an idiot, and it basically set him back five years in his career. Now he's worked his way back up to coordinator, but it never that never made sense to me. That whole thing of the the narrative with him. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just a tough time. You know, I think it was a tough time for everyone. You know, losing is not fun. So, um, obviously, when you lose, uh, you know, stuff like that's going to come up. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a crazy year. I mean, as a rookie, you really have no idea. I mean, five years later, you still <laughs> don't really have any idea. But um, it, it's even crazier looking back, just seeing, um, you know, just how it kind of lit a fire and, 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 and kind of uh, – had its own little legs a little bit and ran a little bit, uh, I would say throughout the TV and the media and our, our locker was always and former good. players too. Forgot former they, players. There's yeah. no doubt. I mean, they was, were up yeah. in arms for sure. It was, it was ready to storm the building. Time. Yeah. It was an interesting week and weeks to follow. I think, um, but everybody right around Eli, and, you know, Eli finished his career giant and, you know, has, you know, obviously no one's ever going to wear a 10 again. I mean, that was said it is. Yeah, no, um, retirement conference. I mean, that's what he deserves. And, um, you know, I was just blessed to be his teammate and it's fun to share stories and ideas with Daniel. And you can see, um, you know, the impact that he had on Daniel and the impact he had on me. Cause, um, you know, he's the best teammate you can ask for in that setting. All right. So we're going to close here. You mentioned some of those guys with the Q we're going to play QB carousel ready. So right. what you're going to do is we're going to write, we're going to ride along and you're going to have to choose between the quarterbacks, the, you've played with right so josh allen eli now daniel sam darnold and you okay and pick which quarterback this is most applicable to ready okay so who tells the best stories josh allen eli daniel you, you or sam darnold oh that's the tough. best storyteller in that i mean room, that it's QB either room. josh or eli i mean it's that there's no doubt it's between those two i think eli obviously he's a little older he has some uh he has, um, you know, more years on Josh, uh, but Josh is a good storyteller. I would say Eli would have better stories, but Josh would tell the storytellers. All right. So better. who's who's the funniest out of those guys? Like who in that room? Who who brings who brings the humor? Josh. Okay. How about most generous? Right, the hookups, you know, taking care of the guys, gifts. Yeah, I think they're all pretty dang good. Yeah, I think they're all pretty good. I I will say Daniel's been great about that. Um, I think him and Josh um, would be the most generous, I would say. Those two have been pretty special. All right, now you're you're stuck in a tight little room a lot of time with just a few of you guys, the five of you guys. I'm sure, you know, there could be some stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Who has the worst hygiene? Josh, <laughs> Dan, Daniel's uh, good hygiene. That was a no-brainer. Huh? Yeah, there's no-brainer <laughs> on that one. Yeah, it would be him. Um, you know, small-town country boy. You know, I think um, I'm not saying he's gross or anything, but it's definitely him over everybody else. He's just kicking off his shoes. You know, he's the guy who kicks off uh, his shoes yeah, on, the, on the airplane and stuff like that. 
Uh, no, none of them do that. I none did see. Them, I just them, say that because yeah. I saw someone do that the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, uh, no, no, no one's, no one's at that level. No one's at that level." Who takes the best notes? Oh, Daniel, Daniel, and Eli. Better than you? I, you're an option here. I go Daniel over yeah? me easily. Yeah, he's Daniel's is the smartest, um, probably uh, most on. I would on it when it comes to meetings and having answers, having questions. Uh, especially with a new offense, um, you know, it's been pretty special to watch, to be honest with you. Who can get under your skin the best? Who's the most annoying intentionally? Um, that's a good question. Josh wouldn't play that game with me. I would say Daniel has a little uh, – he can talk a little noise. So I think – Which is – which people don't realize. Bit. That is really yeah. surprising. He's got you know? some moxie to him. You know, he's got some – He's got some. Uh, he's got some serious dude to him. I mean, I think. Um, I think that'd be him. No brainer. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. Played a little QB carousel with Davis Webb. We rehashed some, uh, <laughs> some interesting past moments. I don't even know how to say it. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And and the move to the Giants. Well, welcome back, man. I'm, I'm appreciate it. It's it's uh, it's got to be a fun experience to get back here and be in like a totally different environment in, in that same building. But, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, well, Dave's and hopefully, crush it. hopefully, uh, you'll be able to enjoy some wins like you did in Buffalo. I think that's ever everyone's hoping. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Dang. Right. I think everybody would enjoy that. Yeah. It'd be better, better for everybody, but we appreciate your time. We'll, we'll do it again soon. Maybe, uh, sometime after during, after the season, something like that. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Jordan. All right, man. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we're going to wrap up this episode after that interview with Davis Webb with the little Jordan on the beat. I'm going to tell you some stories about uh, relationship building with Davis Webb throughout the years. As always, Jordan on a beat is the portion of this podcast where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. Now. It's really important to build a relationship. Now, Davis Webb is a third-round pick, right? So you're thinking, okay, this is somebody who you're going to need that relationship. And he's a good dude. So he's very approachable. You could have conversations with him. You build up that relationship. Entering year two, I remember going, entering his year two. So what is that, 2017, 18? I guess it's 2017. Uh, So I meet up with him and Evan Ingram. At the time, at 
the field that's outside the Lincoln Tunnel. I believe it's Weehawken Stadium. You know that you, as you're driving into Lincoln Tunnel, sometimes you see that field on the left, uh, red red end zones, I believe, red and maybe blue, whatever it is. But I go out there and they invite me to a workout. I talk to them. I do a story about their year two coming into the second season. And these are the kind of things that like right that build trust. Is that I could go out there, talk to them loosely, have general human conversations. It's not stuck in the confines of the locker room. And it helps. I mean, that's why I have this relationship with Davis Webb now. You know, I, that we, we texted throughout, even, even after he left, you, you stay in touch because you never know, right? He didn't expect to come back. I didn't expect him to come back, but here we are. And who knows? He might be a, a, a Giants assistant coach one day. So this is why as a reporter, and it's important to remember this, you're, you always got to think about the long game. You don't want to burn bridges. You want to maintain relationships. You never know when that relationship might pay dividends. I remember going to a workout that Davis Webb was involved in in Somerset, somewhere somewhere around there, with a, with his quarterback coach, Tony Rassiopi, also another good dude. And watching him and a bunch of guys throw and run routes, and I don't even think I wrote a story, but I was there because I was relationship building. I was there because I wanted to see how they were doing. Network meet as many people as possible, and you never know. And this is a really important thing that people sometimes forget. They're they're so short-sighted in our business, in this business of of reporting, they say, oh, well, this guy can't help me right now. This guy can't help me. Well, I don't need to talk to him. That's That's a flawed way of thinking about it. You need to have a much, much broader view of it. And remember, burning bridges is bad because you never know. You never know who's going to end up helping you out, helping you get this big scoop later on down the road. And look, Davis Webb is back now. So it turns out all the time I spent building up a relationship with him, aside from the personal level where I really like him and I think he's a good dude, he's always been super nice, always been super cordial, uh, always been helpful when, I, when I've when i asked of stuff that, hey, ends up, hey, he's back in, back in, in our backyard again. And who knows? Could be for a long time. So keep that in mind. If, if of how this when people ask how how do you build sources, how do you network, these kind of things are important. Going to a workout like that is important. Going to watch stuff in the off season. I think it was probably July, right before they went back to training camp, that I went to that Weehawken practice with him in Evening or throwing session. But in general, it's very informative. I got to ask questions. I got to ask, see how they do stuff. And by the way, so Davis Webb was you know they're warming up and they're I'm warming up with them and he's throwing passes to me. I mean, I I honestly kept moving my face out of the way because I was worried about breaking my face. He throws the ball so stinking hard. And it's just a reminder, these guys all throw the ball so hard. The ones where we're like, oh, the guy has no arm. Like, I, I think Tua has no arm. Like, I'm pretty sure if Tua's sitting there firing passes at me, uh, my, my hands are, are burning. I don't want my face anywhere near that path. And you got to see first, I mean, Davis Webb's a big, strong guy. And he could really rip that ball. And you could, I'm telling you. I felt you could see it. That's why I think it was McAdoo or maybe Shermer said the same kind of thing, too. So maybe it was both of them. But like they like to see they need to see a quarterback throw in person. They want to hear that zip. They want to hear that sound. That that little zip whip on the ball. They can tell the difference. So that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, like, 
subscribe. Tell your friends. You can find this podcast wherever you get your your podcast: Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, you, uh, the ESPN app, YouTube. We're we're pretty much everywhere these days. I'm your host Jordan Ronan. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time.